What is up, chicken butts? How are you fucking doing? Happy Thursday, Wednesday, whatever day this airs. Honestly, y'all, it's summer vacation with two kids. I don't know what day it is, what time it is, what fucking week it is. Hell, I barely know what month it is, but what I do know is a motherfucker got two podcasts in in two weeks, so we're thriving. We are thriving. If you are new to the podcast, Hi, welcome. My name is Allie. I am the host of the Be That Bitch podcast, the most unprofessional podcast you will ever come across. This is like two girlfriends shooting the shit over a spicy margarita or some pre-workout. Like, it really is very unprofessional. It's just a way for me to talk. Like, it's because I love the way I talk. No, just kidding. I honestly hate the way I sound, so I never listen to my podcast episodes. I don't even edit them. I literally just upload them. So if they sound like shit or whatever, you know, it is what it is sometimes. Um, and then if this is your first episode, wow, I literally just threw you in the fucking deep end. I just was like, sink or swim, bitch. Like, that's what this is. I don't believe in like easing people in. Like I just believe in throwing you in the deep end and you're either my people or you're not. Like I am not somebody that you can just tolerate. You know, there's some people out there that you're like, I tolerate that person. Like I don't really like them. I don't hate them. I can tolerate them. I am not that person. I am somebody where you either lock me or you hate me, but there ain't no in between. And either way, they're still talking about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> y'all what did I do today because I am on another level but no seriously I'm so excited to be here this is going to be a kind of a short sweet spicy episode there ain't gonna be nothing sweet about it it's gonna be a little spicy um but just like a good kick in the britches for you as we are going into a new month can you believe that July is literally right around the corner that 2023 is halfway over what? I'm sorry, excuse me. When the when when did that happen and why? Um, I still cannot believe how quickly this year is going. Um, so anyways, that's what this episode's going to be. I usually like to start off talking about some of my top reads of the month. If you guys are new to the podcast, I am as obsessed with spicy fiction novels as I am with personal growth and fitness. So this podcast is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I like to say I am your intersection of spicy book talk and fittish fitness talk. Like that's the intersection I live on and it's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Um, okay. So top books of the week. So first, let me talk about the advanced reader copies that I got of two books. Um, Y'all, you're going to want to mark your fucking calendars because July 3rd and July 7th, you're going to want nothing. Nothing to do because um, the author of Tangled in Tinsel is coming out with another book, Not So Lucky, and it's literally going to be so funny. I cannot wait to read it. And then on the 7th, Coach Candy Steiner, Coach Steiner, that's what I like to call her. She is like the queen of sports romance, literally the only bitch that has me want to actually watch sports with my husband, um, is starting her hockey era season, um, and is coming out with the first of her hockey series. So you're going to want to keep a lookout for that. Not so lucky and, um, meet your match. Those are the two. So anyways, my top reads of the week. So first off, if you are an audiobook listener 
and you are also a runner. Um, Y'all, I am reading this series right now while listening, and it's called Undead Ultra. So it's about an ultra runner that fucking runs from zombies. Literally, it's an ultra runner in a zombie apocalypse that is having to run from one town to to find her son or to get to her son in another town 200 miles away. So it's literally the first entire book is her running to try to get to her son over 200 miles. And it is so motivating, but also entertaining. And I am loving it. One of my author friends, um, she actually suggested this book to me. And so I was like, it's on, it's on script. I'm going to listen to it while I run. And it was such a good listen while I ran because in it, intertwines a lot of good running mantras and inspiration along with the entertainment of you know this person's running in a fucking zombie apocalypse but also like if i'm betting money on anybody living through a zombie apocalypse i'm betting on a fucking ultra runner like excuse me absolutely um but i will say she was making a bitch feel some type of way because when she says she's like yeah we're just running a quick easy pace for 22 or for 20 miles of a 10 mile per 10 minute per mile 10 mile per minute you guys know what i mean like a, a 10 minute fuck why are words so hard right now a 10 minute mile I was like, excuse me, that, that's your easy pace? Because a bitch is killing herself to try to hit a 10-minute mile for three miles. I ain't running 20 miles. But other than that, it was literally such a good read, such a good listen. It's a first book of multiple, um, but I've only gotten the first one. This is one that, like, I just don't vibe with if I'm not running. So, like, I only listen to it while I'm running. Um, the next one is Liars Like Us. It was good. It's by JT Jessinger. She also the author of um two of my favorite books perfect strangers as well as um pen pal and those two books i hold on such a high pedestal for like mind fucks that this book fell flat for me like i predicted the plot and i don't know if that was like the intention or not but i only rated it a seven because of that and then last but certainly not least reckless by elsie silver this is part of her chestnut spring series um it's still not my favorite because daddy Cade is always give me my favorite I love a brooding guy but if you love like a total golden retriever vibe when you got your male main character then um you definitely need to read this one because it's so cute it's a surprise pregnancy it's small town it's cowboy he's a bull rider um and it's just it's just precious and we love we love things that are precious um okay so those are my top reads I am working on getting together my top reads of 2023 so far like I'm trying to narrow it down but it's fucking hard because I have um read 92 books this year so far uh yeah we're not going to talk about it and I've also listened to 74 books so that means that I have consumed a total number of math is really hard 166 books like how am I supposed to narrow that down to a few um I don't know but I'm gonna try for you guys because I love you guys but anyways that is all I've got for you guys there's really nothing I always like to update you guys on my life also but honestly there's nothing going on except me trying to make sure my two kids don't kill each other like that's literally what my life consists of right now is making sure my two kids don't like Eva's a savage and she is my youngest. She's 
three and my oldest is um very sweet very kind but very soft and so I yeah it's just I always was worried about the older sister beating up the younger sister that's not what I have to worry about no nope I have to worry about the youngest being a complete savage I mean y'all these kids like they give no fucks like these kids out here are just they like they're, they're over here like, fuck around and find out, mom. You had us. Like, we're going to show you. Like, <laughs> we're going to show you who's boss. And I'm over here like, yes, yes, okay. Oh, mm, yeah, okay. This is happening. Um. So anyways, pray for me and my strong-willed children that, you know, we don't all end up killing each other by the end of summer. Just kidding. Totally kidding. I know this is recording. I love my kids. I love them so much. But y'all... Being a fucking mom is exhausting. And I feel like so many times as parents, we are like, sh like, don't say how exhausting it is because we are so grateful to be parents. There's, we understand like it's a sensitive topic. There's people out there that cannot have kids or whatever the case may be, or struggling through miscarriages or anything like that. Like we get, like, I get that there's, you know, all the spectrum, but that does not negate the fact that being a mom is fucking hard. Like it is so difficult and we shouldn't have to like shy away from those difficulties because I wish sometimes that somebody would tell me how difficult the transition from one kid to two kids is and I thought it wasn't going to be so difficult because my kids are four and a half years apart <laughs> jokes on me motherfucker because it's still so difficult um so anyways pray for me and us that we get through summer because we gonna need it. All right, anyways, let's get into talking about faith and fear and how they both demand you to believe in something you cannot see. All right, y'all, we are going to switch gears from smutty romance novels and we're gonna talk all about faith and fear, how they both demand you to believe in something you cannot see. So I know a lot of us allow fear to hold us back from what we're ultimately trying to go after. I hear it day and day again, like, how do I stop, you know, being afraid and just go after it? Like, how do I stop being afraid of failure or of letting myself down again or whatever this case may be? And the fact of the matter is you live, it's kind of like you do it in spite of the fear and have bigger faith than your fear. Because when you have faith in something, right, you can't see it. So if you have faith in God or you have faith in higher power or energy or whatever the case may be, you can't see that. It's not something you can tangibly see and know like this is what it is. Like it's factual. It's something you just have to feel. It's something you have to believe in, right? It's faith. So why can we not have faith in ourselves, even if we cannot physically see the light at the end of the tunnel or we can't physically see the results actually happening we just have to have faith that we're actually going to be able to get there so my i've got a few pointers for you and i'm gonna kind of lay them all out there and then i'll go back over them at the end the first one is you've got to give up the idea is you have to know how to lose weight Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows exactly how. There is not a step-by-step -step blueprint that if you do X, Y, Z exactly as it's laid out, that you're all going to see the exact same results. If that was the case, then nobody would struggle because literally there would be one answer, like there is one blueprint to 
putting together a bookcase or a desk or whatever the case may be, right? That's not how weight loss goes. That's not how this fitness journey goes. It is not a one size fits all. And so many times people get so fucking fixated on how many times they fail different things that they feel like that's a prerequisite to them going to be now failing something else. And that's not how that fucking works. It's not just because you've struggled with you know, Weight Watchers doesn't mean that you're going to struggle with counting macros. Just because you failed doing portion fix, which is what I do, doesn't mean you would fail doing to be mindset, right? It's all about finding what works for us to be able to see long-term success, right? And so we've got to stop giving into this idea that because I failed before or I don't know exactly how to lose the weight or I don't know exactly what I need to do, then I shouldn't try. I cannot tell you how many times I have signed up a client and they have waited weeks to get started because they want to make sure they know everything. They know they've watched all the nutrition videos. They, they know everything about the workouts. They know how to access everything. They know how to find everything in the group, right? They get in such this like analysis paralysis where they want to make sure that they know everything that they forget to actually start. Y'all, you will never know everything to before you start. Like the whole thing is you've got to learn as you go. I feel like I've used this analogy before, but like when you start a new job, right? You graduated college, you start a new job. You don't know everything there is to know about that job, right? And you don't just tell your boss like, hey dude, um, can you just give me like all of the modules, all the paperwork, and then I'm gonna come into work when I act when I know like everything I need to know. Um, but I'm not gonna come into work until then. Like give me a couple months, let me figure out everything that I'm doing and then I'll come into work. Your boss will look at you and say, are you fucking stupid or are you stupid? Like that's not how this works. No. You literally go in there not knowing much and you learn by doing and you adjust as you go and you struggle and you fail forward until eventually you get it figured out, right? So why do we treat our fitness and nutrition journey different? Number two is you've got to get up thinking weight loss is hard. When we think something is hard, immediately it's going to be difficult because you're literally looking for all the reasons why you're going to fail, right? If you're going into this thinking, gosh, it is so difficult to wake up. You're literally telling your brain to find all of the supporting reasons of why this is difficult. That is the job of our brain. Our brain's job is literally to find supporting reasons to like supporting facts to validate what we're thinking. So if you're sitting there thinking this is hard, your brain's going to be like, all right, I've got to find all the reasons why this is going to be difficult. So if you're thinking that you're going to struggle, your brain's going to find all of the reasons why you're going to struggle. The same as like, God, I just don't have enough time to work out. So your brain is literally going to find all of the reasons as to why you will not have the time to work out. I always say y'all, our brain can either find solutions or find excuses. It cannot do both at one time. So if you're sitting here telling yourself, you know, what? This is, this is going to be tough, but I'm going to figure it out. Your brain is automatically going to start trying to find ways to figure it out, right? Like, okay, I'm going to be really short on time, but I'm going to figure it out. So you go into problem solving mode. So your brain's like, all right, well, let's see what we can do to actually make this work. Can we wake up earlier? Can we stay up later? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Right? So stop 
thinking everything is going to be so hard because if you are, guess what you're going to do? You're going to immediately start self-sabotaging. You're going to immediately start this downward spiral of hard thinking. And when you're thinking it's hard, it's going to make it 10 times harder. I will tell you this, every single person that saw me whenever I completed 75 hard that said like, you know, like that's awesome for you, but like, I just can't get past the two workouts or I can't do this or I can't do that. Then you're never going to fucking get past it. Right. Because there is somebody out there doing exactly what you think you cannot do because they're not feeding into the belief that this is hard. This is impossible. Like I can't, do I can't do it right they're not feeding into that belief they are believing that it is possible for them number three you gotta quit waiting on the right time y'all there is never the right because the second that you feel like there is the right time it's gonna be the wrong time right I'm waiting you know I'm a teacher and I'm waiting on it to be summer for me to start focusing on myself okay so you do that you focus on yourself during the summer and then what happens when the school year starts you just fucking say oh no it's not the right time anymore I've got to quit no y'all there is never going to be right time no time is better than right now today when you're listening to this to start taking care of yourself to start prioritizing yourself to stop giving into all those bullshit fucking excuses that you are sitting there fixating on right I get that it can be very inconvenient sometimes to start prioritizing yourself because that means you feel like you're adding stuff to your plate but y'all You have to look at this way. Your health and how strong you are as an individual is the base of the plate. I always say you're either a paper plate person or you are a fucking like glass ceramic type person, right? So a paper plate person is somebody who doesn't prioritize herself, is somebody that's exhausted, is somebody that, you know, is basically giving everybody all of them and they're giving themselves nothing. And what happens when you put a bunch of shit on top of a paper plate at Thanksgiving? What happens? That bitch will fall and your turkey and dressing and gravy and everything is going to be on the floor because it cannot withstand everything that it's holding. That's kind of like a mom that's giving their family everything and then find themselves having a mental breakdown. I was there. I've done that before. I was the mom that literally said, you know, like, I can't work out because I've got to be with my kids. Like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I literally was giving my family everything until one day I had a complete complete mental breakdown and I was just like no good to anybody right or you could be the ceramic glass plate right that can hold all of this stuff because you are tough you are resilient you take care of yourself right so you can put a lot more on and it can withstand it I always say y'all taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself is not adding on It's not. You are not adding onto your plate. You're making your plate stronger. You're making it more resilient to be able to withstand more. And so I want us to get out of the idea of I've got to wait for the right time, the conditions to be right, because they never are going to be. You create your right time. And that time is right now because you deserve to start feeling your best right now. Like right this second, stop going after conditional, like based on conditions, success, start going after deliberate success. Now, what is conditional success? Conditional success is, you know what, when all of my ducks are in a row or when, you know, I've got a low key summer or, you know, conditional success could be, you know, based on a final goal or something like that. Don't lean on conditional success. This, if I do this, then I'll do that. Or if 
this and this happens, then I will be successful. Go after deliberate success, meaning you're not allowing your conditions to control your success. You are controlling your success. So no matter what happens, whether it's summer, whether it's winter, whether it's the holidays, whether the sun is shining and the birds are chirping or the rain is pouring and your husband's being an asshole, you will see success because you are being deliberate based on your actions because you know that at the end of the day, conditions will not always be ideal they just won't like us expecting them to be ideal is like impossible we spend so much time being so afraid of failure and so afraid of doing things at the wrong time or whatever the case may be we literally talk this failure into an existence and sometimes we fail before we even try because we refuse to even start and when you refuse to even start like that's failure within itself Y'all, number four, failure cannot be a reason to stop or not try. You've got to be okay with disappointing yourself sometimes. You've got to be okay with falling short sometimes because you fucking tried. I feel like so many times we allow this idea of potentially failing keep us from even trying. And the fact that you tried means that you're miles ahead from anybody else. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will tell you guys, the scariest thing I ever did was in 2021 in December trying to go after 75 hard the first time. Like I will tell you, I was petrified. I was so afraid of failure. I was so afraid of letting myself down because I had never done anything 100% four days, let alone 75 days. I was so afraid. I literally almost talked myself out of it multiple times. And now being two and a half years past that, I'm one like I wonder constantly like what would have happened if I never would have like done it in spite of the fear? What would have happened if I never did it because I let that fear paralyze me? There's so much life that I would have missed out on. There's so much amazing greatness that I would have missed out on because I allowed that fear to keep me back and that in itself would have been a failure. I would have rather give it my all and fail knowing I fucking tried, then wondering what if. Like, I would always rather live with an, oh, well, it didn't work, it wasn't for me, than a, what if I would have done this, and I, like, where would my life be? Like, would you rather live with an, oh, well, or a what if? That's the idea you've got to have. That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Number five is you've got to stop listening to the scary voices internally and externally. Stop listening to the doubters and naysayers, the people that are going to judge you, the people that aren't going to understand. It is not their fucking responsibility to understand why you do what you do. We so many times listen to these people and allow them to talk us out of trying, talk us out of doing anything. And guess what? They only saying that I told, you know, we had this discussion in my client group and I swear I'm all over the place, but it's fine. I always am in my boot camp, in my client boot camp. We had this discussion, right? She's like, how do I like just not give in to these voices? Like I'm really good at, you know, shutting down the outside, but it's my family or my friends, the ones that are closest to me that say these things. And it really gets to me. Like, how can I allow this not to? And I always say y'all the people are that are being the loudest about judging you or saying something or, you know, making those little snotty comments. They're usually doing it because they're intimidated by you. They're usually doing it because they're envious that you're doing 
doing what they wanted, like what they want, right? You're achieving what they want. Maybe that's losing weight. Maybe that's running. Maybe that's whatever. Or they're trying to hold you back because they don't want to see you surpassing them. Usually shitty people want to make people feel shitty so they feel less shitty about themselves. Like I... I said what I said. Shitty people will say shitty things to make other people feel shitty so they feel less shitty about themselves. Like, I said what I said and I will die on that mohill that most people that are judging you and saying shit about what you're doing is either A, out of jealousy, B, out of envy, or C, because they don't want to see you doing better than them because they don't want to feel shame for not doing better about themselves. It is usually very little to do about what you're doing and very much more to do with about them and how they're feeling. And so y'all, like if these people are talking loudly, you get to decide like where your boundaries are. I've cut out a lot of people in my life. You guys probably listened to the episode. It was, I don't know, a couple months ago. I did an episode on protecting your peace with family and all that stuff. You guys will know that I don't have any communication with anybody in my family except for my sister because I had to put that boundary because they made me feel really shitty about myself and I wasn't going to allow it. Um, So you got to decide like what kind of boundaries are you going to put with those people that are making you second guess what you're doing that are making you feel shitty about prioritizing yourself and how are you going to have those conversations we've got to stop listening to them and stop giving them power because at the end of the day y'all your success is your responsibility and then last but certainly not least y'all we've got to stop fucking complaining like I get that this shit sucks sometimes. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I really don't want to go out and run. Like, I just don't. But the more we spend time complaining, the more we spend time bitching and, you know, dreading it, guess what? The more time we give ourselves to talk us out of it, the more power we give to those negative voices. And so I always say, you know what? I could either complain or I could be grateful. I could be grateful that I'm able to go do this, that I, you know, am able to do this, or I could complain and be pissed off. Y'all, if you complain, it just gives more power to those negative voices. So like, I get that it's hard. And I complain sometimes too. I still do this sometimes, but I try really hard to live with a grateful heart and to realize that, you know what? Yes, I might not want to do this right now, but complaining is not going to make me want to do it anymore. (laughs) Like it's not. So it's, it's honestly going to make me feel like doing it even less. So I could complain, which is going to make me want dread this even more, or I could just suck it up and do it. And it won't be as bad. Like those are kind of the choices you've got. So I'm going to go over the six things again real quick. I hope this was helpful. If not, you know, it is what it is. But I know sometimes the little bit of tough love that we need just can kind of hit in the right time. The first one is you've got to give up the idea. You have to know how to lose weight to start. Like nobody knows. You've got to just put faith in the long term goals and start and have 
faith that you're going to figure it out along the way. Number two is you got to give up thinking weight loss is hard. We, when we think weight loss is hard, we immediately go into like a 180 self-sabotage mode. We are and we do what we think. And so if we think it's hard, our brain's going to find all of the reasons to support that. Number three is you've got to stop waiting on the right time. There is never going to be the right time to take care of yourself. The right time doesn't fucking exist because literally the right time can quickly become the wrong time with one, one incident that happens. Um, stop going after conditional based on condition success and start going after deliberate success, meaning that you're being very deliberate in your actions. Number four, failure cannot be a reason to stop or not try. You've got to be okay with disappointing yourself sometimes because you would rather live with an, oh, well, I tried than a what happen if I would have gone after it. Um, and then number five, you got to stop listening to the scary voices internally and externally. Stop listening to the doubters and naysayers. Stop listening to that bitch in your head and just start going after it. And number six, just stop complaining. Stop complaining because it is not serving any purpose other than giving power to those negative voices. Just five, four, three, two, one go after it. So anyways, I hope this episode was helpful. If it was, share it on your Instagram story, share it with a friend that might be leaning more into fear than faith. And like, let's kick all of these excuses in the ass together. Um, make sure you check the show notes, show notes, show notes for any, you know, information. There's links. If you want to join the bad bitch book club or links to anything and everything down there. Um, and I'm going to leave y'all like I leave you every single time in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. Love y'all and I'll see you next week.